keep loving through your sadness, keep loving through your fears, keep loving through your anger, keep loving through your tears, keep loving through your failure, keep loving through success, keep loving through anxiety, keep loving through distress, keep loving through rejection, keep loving through mistrust, keep loving through your jealousy, keep loving through your lust, keep loving through your movement, keep loving through your breath, keep loving until loving is the only thing that's left. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. NQ is an award-winning poet, multi-platinum songwriter, and the best-selling author of Inquire Within. His groundbreaking achievements include being named to Oprah's Super Soul 100 list of the world's most influential thought leaders. His stand-up poetry special, In Q Live at the Ace Theater, is now streaming exclusively on Amazon Prime Video. I watched that and absolutely loved it. Ultimately, In Q writes to entertain, inspire, and challenge his audiences to look deeper into the human experience and ask questions about themselves, their environment, and the world at large. This is definitely one of the deepest conversations I've had on the podcast so far. Everybody, we have a really uh, a special one today. Um, so excited to have this conversation uh, with NQ. He is an award-winning poet, a multi-platinum songwriter, uh, and also a best-selling author. Man, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. Yes, man. Ah, really stoked. Also an Oprah's Super Soul 100 Thought Leader. What? <laughs> Good for you, man. MQ, just, I guess, off the bat, man, how did you get into this? How did you start in poetry? And I'll just say this too, but blows my mind, and I was thinking about this last night, to start in poetry and to take it to this massive level is just really astounding. Um, so yeah, buddy, how did you how did you get on this path? I started out uh, rapping when I was a kid and just fell in love with uh, the meditation of freestyle and um, the competition of 
just rhymes and rhythms. And um, I think it was an outlet for me to kind of get out of my system. A lot of the kind of pent up stuff that I had uh, no other way to express. And uh, in cue is actually short for in question. I was given that name when I was 15 years old. I was looking for a rap name and my buddy was like, I'm gonna start calling you inquiry because you ask so many questions. You're so curious about life. So then people started calling me inquiry and then people started calling me in queue and then people start calling me Q. I rarely heard my real name after that. When I was 19, I wound up in an open mic for poets in LA called the Poetry Lounge, which turned out to be the largest open mic in the country. Wow. Yeah. Before the pandemic, we were getting still after like 21 years, I'd say 350 people that would pack into this little space called the Green White Court Theater on Fairfax every Tuesday night. And it was like, you know, uh, church without religion, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you where the name came from. So that's great. And then I, I was, you do have a flow to you, which is really cool. And when I was watching the, uh, the Amazon special last night, you do, you have like this flow. And I was thinking that too. I'm like, I wonder if he ever rapped or this is just like how he portrays himself and how the words just come across and, and come out. And um, in Q, there was something, you know, I watched another one of your videos the other day. And this one like really just struck me uh, and inspired me a lot. And uh, in the video, like the biggest part of it is to keep loving through, right? And then the resounding theme in it is keep loving until loving is the only thing that's left. Uh, what inspired you to, to create um, that poem and that video? You know, all you can really do is pay attention to when you're moved by something, sparked by something, uh, angered by something, and then start a piece of art in that place. Um, because uh, that is the fastest pathway to authentic creativity rather than manipulated creativity, you know, where you're like strategizing your inspiration. So, the stars don't always align up in like a perfect story. I, there's nothing like amazing about where this piece came from. I literally was like uh, flying into Portland for a gig and my assistant at the time, it was for an entrepreneur's organization. And um, she had got it mixed up because it was actually like Portland's entrepreneur's organization, but it was actually, the gig was in Seattle. <laughs> so she flew me to the wrong place. <laughs> so I like landed and I was like, oh shit, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> and I had to like rent a car. There was no other flights or whatever. And then I was like driving and it was however long of a drive it was. And the gig was like early the next morning. And, um, and so I was speeding and a cop pulled me over <laughs> and, um, I like tried to explain to him the situation, you know, oh, I flew to the wrong place. He wasn't having it. <laughs> he wasn't interested in my, uh, you know, first world problems. And he just wanted to make his quota. So he gives me a ticket on the rental car. And, uh, and I just kept driving back. And when I got back to the hotel, there was two pieces that came to me for the first, uh, I don't know why, but just, Keep loving through your sadness. Keep loving through your fears. Keep loving through your anger. Keep loving through your tears. 
Keep loving through your failure. Keep loving through success. Keep loving through anxiety. Keep loving through distress. Keep loving through rejection. Keep loving through mistrust. Keep loving through your jealousy. Keep loving through your lust. Keep loving through your movement. Keep loving through your breath. Keep loving until loving is the only thing that's left. So that came to me. I wrote it down and I wrote it down in a sequence. Um, and then the other thing that came to me, it was really weird. It wasn't like, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't like a direct line, you know, mm -hmm. of like why these circumstances brought this out of me, but for whatever reason it did. And you're never supposed to judge the muse. Don't do that. You know, you just have to be grateful whenever it shows up, however it shows up. Um, and then the other one that came to me is what if Martin Luther King Jr. was into video games? <laughs> what if Gandhi wanted to Netflix and chill? <laughs> what if Einstein was on Prozac? What if Buddha was too stressed to sit still? What if Mother Teresa counted likes instead of counting hugs? What if Cleopatra was a supermodel who spent her nights in clubs? What if Socrates was, anyway, so this is what, both of these pieces started to come to me and I wrote them both in a very short period of time, probably within 24 hours. Um, and the second piece is like three minutes. And uh, weirdly enough, sometimes I'll go months without writing. And then all of a sudden, you know, two pieces will, will hit me in a 24 hour period. So that's why I said, you don't really judge the muse. You just like try to stay open. You try to pay attention. And then um, when it arrives, you, you try to uh, be a vessel. It's so cool. So something I am implementing into my life uh, every day. And I'm not using the word trying anymore. Uh, so I was going to say I'm trying to do this, but something I'm implementing every day is seeing everything as a gift. And even just like a simple story like that, it's like you never know the gratitude that can come out of any situation, right? You fly to the wrong place. Then you have to speed to the right one and get it and get a ticket, right? And that could be a situation that could have ruined your day, could have ruined your week, it could have just caused all the stress, whatever it may be. But it's like, that was there, in my mind, it's like that was there for this beauty to be created, for that moment for, and that, I like how you said it too, there wasn't like this anything big that like correlated exactly to it, but it was just these actions and these things that just led you to, for whatever reason, having these thoughts and then creating these beautiful works of art. Keep loving until loving is the only thing that's left. It is so powerful. And I like in your, in that one too. So right. You mentioned like some of the things that you just said, but you know, like loving through indifference, your losses, your nose, your stress. But then I like too how you also throw in there your wins, like keep loving through your wins because I guess the way I took that, and even in loving through your growth and like loving through your wins, I don't know, in my mind, it's like sometimes we can keep winning and winning and winning and get to this place where we think we're better than other people or that we're something special more than somebody else. And it's important in those moments too, to keep loving, to not let that ego rise to the top and overtake us. And I think that's so important because when we think about winning or we think about growth, it's all positive, right? But in those moments 
I feel like it could turn us into a different form of ourself that may make us less loving than we were before. So just like what a beautiful reminder through that uh, to just always keep loving. And obviously a hu- I'm a huge fan of love and that piece just like really, really spoke to me. And in Q, I feel like in a lot of the pieces I listen to from you, there is a resounding sort of love and sort of like a peace uh, throughout a lot of the stuff that you, um, that you put out there. And um, I did want to ask you too, I know I've, I, in a, a couple of things that I watch, you mentioned meditation and um, I just, I'm very curious what your meditation practice is like. Um, well, so I've been doing uh, Vedic meditation for um, probably like seven years. And, what, kind, um, what kind of meditation is that? It's Vedic. It's another form of transcendental meditation. I was taught by a woman named Emily Fletcher, uh, who has her own brand called Ziva Meditation. Uh, but it, you know, harkens back to the roots of Vedic and um, it's just mantra based. And so, you know, you do the 20 minutes of meditation using the mantra as the anchor, and then you do two minutes of kind of cool down or manifestation, or, you know, it's just completely up to you. You can let your mind go blank if possible. Um, And I did it for five years straight, twice a day. I literally didn't miss one meditation. I was so um, disciplined about it because I wanted to see what would happen if I did it for an extended period of time like that. So I started out with like, oh, I'll just do it for the month. And then I was like, okay, now I'll try it for six months and then I'll try it for a year. And then um, I just kept going. And I, I think uh, growth is incremental and accumulative. And yet we often want it to be all at once. Um, and so I wanted to see what the incremental and accumulative effect would be if I did it for an extended period. And uh, it was a game changer, man. It was really amazing. And now I've kind of settled into a different practice. I do um, some inner child work. I do some uh, Wim Hof breathing stuff. And then I do meditation as well. And I think, um, you know, trying different disciplines at different times in your life to get different results is really helpful. Um, But the overall message is to keep uh, exploring externally and internally because, uh, you know, it's infinite possibilities. Yes. Infinite possibilities. That's uh, when I first started meditating, it was, um, there were guided meditations and I stuck with that like for a while. And, uh, I had like this regimen of how I meditated and I literally thought it would like never change. Like this works for me. This feels good. This is awesome. And then, as time has gone on and I feel like I've just learned different things and just grown a little bit, it has shifted and changed. Um, and it's been really nice. I, you know, again, thinking I would never change and then having just these little moments that it does and bringing in different practices uh, has been super helpful. And I feel like it's just opened me up to just other possibilities and other understandings of things. Uh, and it just really helped uh, in my meditation practice um, as well. And do you still, or do you now, do you meditate every day or almost every day? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I'm not right. like, I have to get my two meditations in. I, I don't, uh, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's almost like how I write, although I'm not claiming to be uh as seasoned as a meditator as I am as a poet, but 
you know, I've put in like 20, 25,000 hours as, as a poet or a, a songwriter or a performer. And, um, and so now, as I said earlier, I kind of just write when I have something to say, you know, I don't need to put in those hours anymore. Yeah. Um, it's almost like if I go live and do other things that are interesting or take me out of my box um, and then I come back to my writing, I have kind of like a new, fresh perspective um, to create from. And I would say, yeah, the first five years of meditation was just me kind of like putting parameters around it so that it became a part of my life. And now I'm like, you know, this is going to be with me for the rest of my life so I can do it when I need it or I can go through seasons with it or I don't have to do the second one a day or I can do a different practice um, one day that is a different form of meditation that, that uh, serves the same purpose. Yes, thank you for that, man, because I'm, uh, I'm just like a few years in uh, to meditating and the the schedule is that I, I just do it every morning and it really helps set me up for the day. But it is like I enjoy doing it. I really do love it. But there's like this feeling of there's this feeling of like almost I have to do it in the morning. And if I don't do it in the morning, I'm off for that day, or I'm just not the best version of myself that I can be. And even hearing you just talking about it right now just gives me a little bit more of like a release. You know, I feel like I have like almost like a stranglehold on it. And this is helping me just release that a little bit more and just allowing it to come more to me. Where I like still have my idea of like when I want to do it, but just being a little bit looser with it. And um, it's it's myself who says, if I don't meditate in the morning, I'm gonna be off that day. I create that, you know what I mean? And um, this will help me, I think, just kind of take a step back from that and not have that thought because it's me again. So if I can release that thought and I miss meditating in the morning, I can always meditate again at night. Or if I can't for a reason, like that's okay. And releasing that idea that I have to do this or I will not be the best version of myself. Yeah. Keep loving through perfection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's all, it's all an illusion, man, you know, yeah. and we're uh, living and writing our own stories in real time. So um, sure. That is certainly the brand is that if you don't do your meditation in the morning, you know, you're not going to be the best version of yourself, but that's bullshit too. And, yep. you know, it's like you see all these people who are like claiming to be enlightened and they're really just competing with each other to be the most enlightened version of, of themselves and the most enlightened version in their community, you know, and it's just so boring, man. It's <laughs> like the opposite of enlightenment. I don't think you should compete to be the best meditator. Yeah. And sometimes your best meditations are going to be completely thought filled. You know, they're not going to be like your quintessential transcendental experience, you know, where you just become the oneness in the universe. It's like, no, sometimes you're just going to be thinking about, I forgot to feed my cat or, or, you know, this person said this to me or, but, but when you, when you judge your meditations, you're judging God, you know, it's like, you have to be kind to yourself during your healing process. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jay Shetty had said this one time for like, he had a, this beautiful, like enlightened meditation one day. And for years he was trying to replicate it. 
And it took him years to finally realize that that's not the purpose. And like, why would he want, he said this too, he's like, why would I want to have the same exact experience again? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like in that tunnel vision of, of exactly how I think it's supposed to go to get me back to where I was. You remove all of the beautiful, infinite possibilities that can exist because you're so honed in on this one thing. And if you don't get it right that way, you think that you failed or that you messed up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say like most of my life, I was like preparing for a disaster all the time. You know, I was like in fight or flight and like, um, even at the beginning, you were like, hey man, try to be vulnerable during the podcast, you know, which was like a nice sentiment. You know, when I do the workshops, I want people to be vulnerable as well. But as you know, if you want people to be vulnerable, you just have to lead by example. Yeah. And if you're vulnerable with somebody and they're not vulnerable back with you, they're probably an asshole. (laughs) But like how I generally have looked at life is from suspicious eyes because of kind of how I was raised and uh, a lot of my experiences. So I would say I walked around with this like armor and I was always prepared, you know, fight or flight you know, having all the angles on the disaster that was inevitably going to come. And then at a certain point, I realized like my life wasn't going very well, (laughs) you know? So then I was like, you know, let me shift this up. So then I started preparing for success. And I did that for like many, many years. And lo and behold, I became successful, Mm. you know, by anybody's standards. And, uh, And yet I wasn't really happy for some reason. Like, even though I had all this like success and I had all of this impact, there was a part of me that wasn't present to my life still. So I felt like I was almost like observing it rather than experiencing it. Or at least there was a push and pull between the two of those things. And um, ultimately what I realized is that it's much better to prepare for success than it is for failure. Because, I mean, if you're preparing for failure, you'll pretty much continue to attract it over and over again. And if you're preparing for success and you remove the things that are destructive to your life, you will ultimately, using those terms again, incremental and accumulative growth, you'll move in the right direction of the life that you want to create. But um, it's the same energy. The same energy that is preparing for the disaster is the same energy that is preparing for success. It's still fight or flight. It's still anxiety. Um, So uh, I don't really prepare anymore. I do the work. And when the work is finished, I put the work down. And then I just show up. And I try to be curious about not knowing. And I'm okay when my eyes become suspicious. And I'm okay when I'm vulnerable. You know, I don't, I'm not hard on myself one way or the other. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just like here as much as I can be here because I don't want to like wake up at, you know, 85 and have accomplished all of these things and had all of these adventures and have all of this love and feel like I missed my life. So now instead of, having anxiety around not knowing, I try to have curiosity Mm -hmm. around not knowing. And uh, 
life is a lot more fun that way. Do you feel like, are you, do you actively work on being present and in the moment or is that just now I feel like who, who you are? Well, it's not always who I am. And that's why I said there's infinite possibilities. I mean, I'm still, I'm still doing this work every day. Like meditation is like a gym for letting go pretty yeah. much. Yeah. You're building your letting go muscle until it's stronger and stronger. And eventually, hopefully you can lift up the whole world. Right. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. But, uh, but no, it's an, it's a never ending process. It's certainly not a product. And, um, and I'm excited to keep uh, walking the path. And that's like one of the really exciting things for me too, is the curiosity, like of the unknown, because for me, like change and the unknown is like really exciting because when we're doing the same thing over and over again, we know what to expect. We're living in the same reality. But when we do something different or we change or we just kind of take that leap, there's literally, again, we talked about this a few times, but there's literally infinite possibilities of what can happen. And in a moment, I don't know, I guess I, I can see how that can be like a little bit scary because it's like, holy shit, like what can happen? Oh my, you know, there's like I'm literally infinite things. But if you look at it from like the other angle of just like excitement and like you said, curiosity that, I mean, that has just sparked so much more joy in my life instead of worrying and anticipating what could happen and like the fear and anxiety of like what can go wrong. I like what you said too, preparing for success and just keeping your mind open and just being here and now in the present and the power of now, the book by Eckhart Tolle was like transform my thought on like the whole idea of like being now and in the present and it's something, and you're so right too, it's like something that we're working on every single day. It's not something that like by any means I've, I've achieved. I don't think it works that way. You know, I think we do, we forget and we remember and we forget again and we remember and we're working back towards this place of alignment. And uh, there's just so, so much power in really being in the now. Because when we are truly here and present, the anxiety of the future, it just fades away like our fears of the past or any feelings of negativity toward in the past, they, they just, they go away because when you're here and now that's all that exists. It's like the future and the past are these like delusional realities that don't even exist. You know? So when we put our focus there and that's something I've really learned too, it's like when I would freak out or get anxious or worried about the future, it's like, I am creating this vision and image that hasn't even happened. And 99% of the time it won't even happen, but I'm living in it now. So I'm like, I'm taking away from the joy and the peace and the happiness of this moment because my mind is focused on some false reality that most likely will never even ever come true. Why do you think you do that? Do I look in the future? Yeah. Why do you think? It's honestly, and I know I feel like it's ego. It's I'm trying to protect myself. Right. It's like Justin, it's like this human version of Justin. That's like, Hey man, think about this, prepare yourself. Something could go down, get ready for it. And it, I think it's just, uh, it's, it's fear and it's too, it's our ego wanting to protect itself. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and realizing that the ego isn't me and 
honestly, also understanding too that that voice in the head, in my head, that's not me. That is my ego. That's not my soul. That's not my truth and my being. It's just this thing trying to protect me, trying to do the best that it can. And like, I get it. And uh, every day releasing that and realizing that that is not me, that we are not one, that I can not be those thoughts, but take a step back and view them, you know, from another perspective and just detach myself from them. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. And it's interesting. And it's like, when you can actually like, I don't do it every time, but when I do, it's like, wow, like you can really feel the separation and the anxiety and those, those moments just get released from you. And I feel like, I mean, in life, we all want to be happy. Like that's like our, our goal of life. We all just want to feel good and we want to have good energy and we want to be happy. And that's why I feel like conversations like this are so important because I feel like these are like the keys to leading towards our happiness. Because if we can take away fear and anxiety and regret and all these things, like, oh my gosh, that just raises our vibration and opens up our heart and can just create so much more joy and happiness in our life, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Something I was really intrigued by uh, when I was watching this special last night is um, you mentioned that you love the concept of forgiveness. And I do too. And I'm just curious, what about forgiveness touches you and uh, gets you excited? Um, what about forgiveness? Well, I think it's a universal concept. Um, we all have to ultimately forgive the people closest to us for um, the... Uh, ways that they've tried to love us. <laughs> um, and ultimately we have to forgive ourselves. Uh, and I think if, if, if we don't, we kind of continue to walk around projecting that unresolved resentment onto uh, the world and onto our futures. So that's why, you know, first you have to forgive yourself because that's kind of like the foundation of everything. And then you have to realize that any hate that you're holding in your heart for someone else is not hate that they feel. It's hate that you feel. And so the question is, do you want to continue to walk around feeling hate all of the time? And by the way, attracting more hate, because that's kind of like how the frequencies work. You know, like I remember I was like a very angry person in my twenties. And, um, I would like walk into a room and like my vibration would always find the other person that was like where I was at always, you know? And now I walk into a room, I don't even notice people who are like in a bad mood or, you know, have a violent kind of vibe to them. Or if I do, it's very much like oh, I just kind of clock it and then I just move in another direction. I'm not attracted to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not attracted to me. Whereas before, we would vibrate in the same place and, you know, we would move towards each other. So um, that's the thing is, is that wherever uh, you're at, uh, other people will meet you there. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I was younger, I had the worst temper mm. ever. And 
I don't like not to embellish the story. It is true. I had the worst temper of anybody I ever knew. And my cousin was wild. And uh, we would joke around about who had the crazier temper. And it was always me. And um, it's true. When you, I mean, that's just how it works. Like attracts like. And, uh, you know, I would just find myself in situations with other people who had crazy tempers too, who got angry and who got mad and all these things. And it literally is because it's like when you walk into a room, you can feel that energy and you are, you're just drawn towards each other without even like really realizing it's happening. And, um, you know, now that I'm not like that anymore and it took years of, of, of me getting to a place where that's not a part of my reality. Um, and it's not anything on the outside that changed. It was just me fully on the inside. It's not even like, you know, I lost my temper. It was that I totally changed as a person where that doesn't exist in my reality uh, anymore. So when I go now, like you're saying, like when I go into a room and uh, it, you don't even like notice it because it doesn't, again, like it doesn't exist in my reality. It's like that person may be there and that's something you kind of clock it and like no, notice that they might be there, but they have no relation to you. There's no really much of a connection. There's, there's just nothing there that would bring you two together. And again, because it's just like not who I am anymore. That's like one of the craziest things I've realized. When we change internally, our reality literally changes around us. Mm-hmm. Right? So like in that shift, my reality changes. And those people, I don't even like really see them anymore when before that it was all that I saw. And that just kept getting brought more and more and more into my life, more and more. Oh my gosh. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I literally just like flashed back. I was like, oh my, that was, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't ideal back then. And I'm um, just like really grateful to not be in that, you know, in that place anymore because well, that some people stay there, man, forever. For real. Know, and, and it's, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's sad, but, but also who am I to, put judgment on it. It's not my life. You know, nobody can live your life for you. Nobody can be happy for you. Mm. Nobody can be miserable for you. They can try. Actually, boy, do we try, (laughs) but it doesn't work, you know? So, you know, I have this concept that I kind of talk about in terms of like life and moving in a positive direction not that there's like up and down. I don't like believe in heaven and hell like that. But if you were to imagine like growth as like a spiral staircase, you know, and you just keep you like, am I in the same place? <laughs> you know? And the thing is you have to take the stairs up. You have to, but you can take the elevator down. Or you can jump, you know, and I've seen people jump, you know, I've seen people walk up the stairs for years and then just fucking go, I'm no, I'm going to go down. Yeah. And then they just, you know, uh, basement (laughs) (laughs) And, and there's nothing wrong with that because I don't think it's, you know, about being better than people or worse than people. It's just, frequencies. Mm -hmm. What frequency do you want to be at? What life do you want to create for yourself? Who do you want to surround yourself around? What legacy do you want to leave? Um, And I believe that no matter where you are in life or what you've done, 
today is a new day. You can start to take the stairs again. And, and the stairs mean different things to different people, you know, but, um, the, the first step can only be yours. Mm -hmm. That's the beautiful thing uh, that you just said. It's like, you can decide to take the stairs today again. It's like what happened in the past is now over. It literally doesn't exist anymore. So it just matters what we do here and in the now. <clears throat> and like that, that to me is like, it helps me like breathe easier knowing that like, okay, maybe I fell yesterday, but today is different. Today is now and anything can happen. And I can take this in any direction that I choose to take it, right? Like what vibration, what frequency do I want to be on? Who do I want to surround myself in with? Who do I want to be? Because who I was yesterday doesn't mean shit right now. It only means who, only matters who I am right now. I mean, it, it, to push back, I mean, it, it does mean something in reality. I mean, it, it, what, what you did that impacted reality mm. does mean something. Yeah. And what you did is still in your body. I mean, for the most part, uh, emotion is like, you know, Tony Robbins always says that uh, energy in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. And most of the time it doesn't move. So it gets trapped in our bodies. So a lot of our history, probably beyond our lives, even, you know, from our DNA, it, you know, it's trapped in there. You know, we have to find ways to move it. So a lot of these modalities are just uh, outlets to move the energy. Mm -hmm. So I do think that that what we have done is real, but, you know, my past is not meant to be a prison. You know, it's meant to be some, you know, my past is supposed to inform me, not define me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that that, that would be the only thing I would say based on what you said. I like that. That's very true. Past is to, I like that. The past, yes, is to inform us. And it's true because in every action that we make, we are putting energy out. And I truly believe like that energy is just, it's out in the universe forever. So it never really goes anywhere. And I appreciate your perspective. And I feel like, I guess, yeah, that what I was thinking in more in that situation that like, I'm not of, I'm not right. I'm not imprisoned from what I did yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to define me forever. Like me personally, I can make an adjustment and I can change. And just because maybe I was an asshole yesterday, yeah, that may have negative effects that could even affect me today based on the person I heard or what I did. But I just feel like us as souls, as beings, it doesn't define us. And, and we can be, it's like we can be love in any moment. I could have been an asshole yesterday, but today I can be love. And that to me is just like so powerful that we're not stuck. And for me, it's like in any moment you can be love. We can choose love. And I feel like every moment we choose love or fear. And um, I don't mean fear like I'm afraid to, you know, go skydiving. It's like in a moment I could have complimented somebody, but I was afraid to because of how they may react or would it be weird or would they judge me or would they not accept, accept it or anything like that. Right. So I feel like in, in any moment we have the ability to choose love regardless of what we, we did yesterday. Um, and I think that's just like so beautiful and it just gives at least myself hope in myself and in the world. Um, 
that we can get to just this incredibly beautiful place because we're not defined by those things that we did yesterday or in the past. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, the same voice that tells me uh, I'm the shit is the same voice that tells me <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. There's no no separating it. So, um, <laughs> you know, you got to take responsibility for what you did. But yeah, like if you're just sitting there beating yourself up, that's actually doing a disservice to not only you, right. but the people that you hurt or the things you need to take responsibility for. All right. Yeah. I want to ask you something like kind of deep right now. And uh, you had mentioned this too in something I was watching. What do you think, just your opinion, what do you think happens after we die? I don't know. I've explored it a lot in yeah. my work. And every time I'm exploring it, I pretend that it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. But I have no idea. And any experiences that I've had that um, maybe brought me my own uh, perspective about it is not anything I truly trust, you know? So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like a hard question to answer. I, I do think what makes most sense to me about why we're here in the first place is that from a scientific standpoint, everything is energy. It's like just vibrating energy, which is why we were talking about the frequency earlier mm -hmm. and that there's more space internally and externally than anything else. You know, I, I don't know what the exact uh, statistic is, but it's something like 98 point whatever. And even if you went into what was solid at that point, it would really be more space. Mm -hmm. So what that really means is that beyond this world that we're living in, there isn't a separation. It's just like a sea of energy. Mm -hmm. And that, that sea of energy is infinite inside and it's infinite outside. If you went out into the universe, it's the exact same thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so the concept is, is that like, if God is one thing, it can't see itself. It can't experience itself. And that what really the universe is or what life is, it's just God separating itself so it could have an experience of itself. And I like that concept a lot. And it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, but that could be complete bullshit too. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, that's so wild that you said that because me and my brother have lots of conversations about this. And uh, I, at least in this moment, in the Justin who I am right now, and that can change and that's okay. But I believe in the exact same thing. And that I like, I'm never steadfast in my, how do I say this? In life, sometimes I'm firm in what I think at that moment, but I'm very aware that that could shift and change because I'm going to evolve. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to evolve. I'm going to change. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we lock into it's only this way. And I'm going to think this way forever because we change. We have different thoughts, different experiences come into our lives, but at least who I am right now, I feel the exact same way. I truly believe that God's source, um, the universe is we, we are manifestations of God or source or universe 
experiencing and it's allowing God or source or universe to experience everything through us. So I think like the, I think plants have consciousness, you know, animals, insects, on like every single level, God is able to experience life. And I think one of the coolest things about us is that in every moment of our life, we get to proclaim who we truly are. So it's like in a moment, do I want to be love? Do I want to be hate? Do I want to be positivity? Do I want to be negativity? And the kind of thing about it is like, none of it's really wrong because it's God experiencing all these things. And this is like kind of a, a hard idea or concept to say, but there's the thought of the idea that there's no such thing as right or wrong. Everything just is. And when you think about it from that perspective of God experiencing life through us, me being negative in a moment, is that bad? Maybe that negativity led me to be more positive. Like my temper led me, I think, to slingshot in this other direction to be who I am today. And I'm grateful I had that temper in the past because I don't think I'd be who I am now if it wasn't for that. So even looking back at that time, there could have been people that are like, damn, he's got a temper. That sucks. I feel bad for him. Like that's really crappy. But in the grand scheme of things, it all worked out and I'm grateful for it. So, you know, when we can kind of have that perspective on things that like almost everything is a gift. True. Like you missing, you flying into the wrong place, you getting a speeding ticket. It was all a gift. And uh, I just, to pull back, I, um, I, I agree. And I think it's so cool that you have that, that same thought process that it's literally, we are manifestations of God experiencing because on our higher level of being, from where our soul comes from, however you want to call it, in that realm, I feel like we know, we are love. We are pure. We are pure love. I truly believe that. We're not fear or anxiety or hate or any of those things. We're not our work. We're none of those things. We are pure love. And from the higher level of consciousness, from our soul's perspective, we know that we are loved because that's all that we know. And that's the truth of it. And we get to come here and experience different things. We get to come and experience who we truly are. Like at that level, we know we are love, but who are we going to be in the experience? We might know that we're loved, but are we going to be that when, when something shows up? When somebody is really mean or rude to me, am I going to be love or am I going to be hate towards them or anger towards them? Yeah, I mean, I think that from the spiritual perspective, there's no right or wrong. Right. But from the human perspective, there mm -hmm. for sure is. Mm -hmm. And I think we need that. I mean, otherwise, I get it would be <laughs> complete chaos. Like, there's all these, like, anarchists out there. And I'm like, yeah, for, like, a month, you'd like it. Yeah. But after that, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to live like that. You, you know, you go into a random restaurant and you just have a hundred people just sitting there that don't know each other. No one's for the most part trying to kill each other. We used to be in hunter gatherer groups. You would have a hundred people in a group. You'd go see somebody from another tribe. I mean, if you weren't trading, you would try to murder each other. Like human beings aren't necessarily like from the hardware standpoint, supposed to be in cities of, uh, 10 million people and just like walk around 
trusting everyone. And that's based on the rules and the regulations <laughs> that we've created that say what's right and wrong. So I think, you know, that's what's hard about it is it's, it's, it's hard to explain a dichotomy. Yeah. And it's hard to like understand a dichotomy myself, it, you know, because, because you start to like drift to one side of the razor blade or the other. Um, but that's what life is. Life is dichotomy. I think if I remind myself that there isn't a way to experience good unless you're experiencing bad, like it, it, you couldn't, that's the same thing as what we were talking about earlier, why God wanted to separate itself to, to see itself in seeing itself. It has to have dichotomy. So you can't know love unless you know hate. Um, and people can get high on anything. They can get high on pain. They can get high on joy. They can get high on love. They can get high on hate. So mm -hmm. you ask yourself, what do you want to get high on? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the micro, which is just your life. And then there's the macro, which is where we're all going. And personally, I don't think that God cares. And I know that's like a strange thing to say. Most people probably don't agree with that. I don't even think that God thinks that human beings are the highest form of life. I just think life wants to evolve. It's like God created a program. You know, maybe God could crash the system, right? If it wanted to. But the universe is a program. And once life was unleashed onto the universe, all life wants to do is evolve. I don't think God like misses the dinosaurs. I don't, you know, I... But I guess we get to decide. So the question is like, who do you want to be? Who do we want to be? Mm. One of the, the books that has like literally changed my life, it's called um, Conversations with God uh, by Neil Donald Walsh. I'm like, oh my goodness. And one of the things in that book that has just helped me in life is like you were saying, you don't get good without bad, right? There's that dichotomy that has to exist for both to exist. Because if you didn't have bad, then good would just be what it is. It wouldn't really have much of a feeling or an effect. It just kind of is. So that helps me in moments, and I hope it helps other people too, to not get so mad at the bad. Because you don't, again, you don't have one without the other. So if you don't have good without bad, you can't cherish and love the good and be pissed at the bad because they only can exist together. Yeah. I mean, and also there, there's so many different shades of gray of what bad is. And there's different people who have different opinions and different societies who have different perspectives, yeah. but like there are levels of bad that are very hard to make sense out of. Yeah. You, you can't really make sense out of some of the shit that's happening. In yeah. fact, right now, yeah, like right now in this moment, there is some insane shit going on in the world. And so, you know, I don't mean to like take a dark turn, but I think to not acknowledge that is to not be living in reality. Yeah. There are things that could happen that I would not know how to make sense of. And I hope, I never experience, and it has nothing to do with me flying to the wrong place for a show or getting a speeding ticket. Yeah. Um, but what I know is, is that, or what I believe is that 
you still couldn't experience any of the the highest forms of bliss without the darkest forms of hate. And, um, and whether I understand it or not, this is the world that we live in. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to move into it with as much passion and, and compassion and, and love as I can without beating up on myself when I'm experiencing the other things. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you, you helped me, you helped me too with, uh, you said this before, like on the spiritual level, there's no such thing as good or bad. But here in this reality, as humans, you know, there there is. And I think it just isn't is it is important to acknowledge that because a lot of times I go, I just go very spiritual. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just kind of go to that realm. Um, but it's definitely good to to have that perspective as well. Because when I kind of, you know, I, I just always imagine this heaven because I don't believe. I don't believe that hell exists. I don't think that heaven is anything outside of ourselves. Like we could live in a state of euphoria and heaven right now. If we chose to, we're just not choosing to. And I like, I, I get it. Like I understand that we're not right now. I am a firm believer that, you know, it could take a million years. Hopefully we're still here then. Maybe we are, maybe we're not honestly, any, any is Okay. But I, I, I just, I feel like we, we can, I'm never going to give up hope and belief that we can get to a place of heaven on earth. And, um, what would that look like to you? So it's all right. So honest, and this is going to lead to a question that I'm going to uh, ask a little bit later that I ask every single guest. It's, it literally is a place where fear doesn't exist. We are just truly and always connected to our oneness we know that we all come from the same. There's no separation, like you said before, with energy and frequency. We are literally not separated. We are not different from one another. We're all connected. We're all on the flow. And we're all on the rhythm together. And I think understanding our oneness, like, and if you think about it too, like we talked about before, if we truly do come from the consciousness of God and we are manifestations of God experiencing, then we're all coming from God. We all come from the same. So we're all one. And I think if we all just can truly know that it's not even believing that it's like, it's knowing it's, it would have to become our truth that we're all one and that we are all truly love that in Q, if I hurt you for my benefit, I'm also hurting myself because in hurting you, I'm hurting the consciousness of the planet. I'm hurting your energy, which then funnels out all around us. So I'm in fact also hurting myself. So I think realizing that too, and just caring for each other and being there for each other. And like, I understand that, it's not that easy. Like things come up, you know, anger happens and tragedy happens and these difficult situations happen. I guess it's just getting more to a place. I just always go back to love where we are just connected to who we truly are. And that is love in every moment. We feel compassion and empathy for each other. Um, I think fear is a huge thing. I think fear of death is also a huge thing that causes a lot of problems here. And if we can realize that we truly never die, I know that's kind of a tough thought too. And it took me a really long time to grasp that, but yes, our physical bodies like Justin will die, but my soul, my energy, my being, it just changes form. And in conversation. Let me push back. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Because what you're saying, I think, is really interesting, and I I agree with most of it. Yeah. Um. But like, if someone attacked you, 
you would defend your life and you would be right to defend your life. Like I look at like people who commit suicide and I'm just saying as a caveat, if anybody is going through a dark period right now, please reach out for help. Mm. You know, I've certainly gone through many dark periods myself, so I'm not in any way making light of this. And, you know, I'm sure people are going through unbelievable pain for um, various reasons that it's very hard to hold. Um, but the times that I've gone through difficult periods and I just didn't want to be here anymore, or I didn't want to be myself, like the weight of my identity felt too heavy. You know, I've considered, oh, I just want to like not be me anymore, you know? And I never like thought about like, actually doing it, but I wanted to like not be me, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, but I think like anybody who's actually done it or tried to do it and has a story to tell afterwards Man, I had this one guy in my workshop. He said he jumped off a bridge. He tried to kill himself. He jumped off a bridge. He wrote a poem about it. And as soon as he jumped, he was like, what the fuck did I do? And he like broke, like, you know? And so he wrote this poem about wanting to be alive. And it's almost like I, I wish anybody who was on that verge could have a, a, a contained safe experience of someone trying to take their life so they could feel that fucking fight mm. to be here. You know, being alive is a miracle, man. You know, you, you were in a race against 350 to 400 million sperm and you won. So like. Yeah, like in some way, I get it. It's like, you know, we're all transforming energy and it can't be created or destroyed. It just becomes something else. But you're you right now <laughs> and you want to keep being you, you know, and every life form is like that. Like Mother Nature isn't like beautiful all the time. She's beautiful and she's fucking ugly. Mm. Um. And, and that's a part of the dichotomy of being alive. And that's the thing that's hard to hold these like two thoughts in your head in the same space at the same time. It's, it's very difficult to do, but life is context. And um, life is that middle ground. And uh, yeah. This is awesome. I mean, this is probably definitely one of the deepest, uh, and I feel like we go pretty deep a lot of times uh, on this podcast, but this is like one of the deepest conversations uh, that I've had here. And I'm oh, so, man. yeah, man, I'm so grateful for it. These, these are amazing. So I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to answer the question that you asked me. If, <laughs> if somebody attacked me, right, who would I, what would I do? Who would I be in that moment? In, Cuba, in that moment, I know myself, I would fight back. I really think this though, from a higher level of consciousness, and it's not who I am right now, but from a higher level, in that moment, I get to choose and proclaim who I am. And in that moment, am I gonna proclaim that I'm, that I'm anger and that I'm violence fighting back at this person? 
Or am I going to proclaim that I know who I am and that I'm love and I will sit there and lay down and allow this person to kill me or do what they need to do. And the basis of that is really, truly not hindering on who I know that I am. You know what I mean? And not choosing violence or anger in that moment, even though it's going to mean the death of me. Because from the higher level of consciousness, we know that we don't ever die. Like, yes, this physical body, Justin, will die, but I, my spirit, my soul, it never dies. And it is challenging, right? Because you said this before too. It's like, but I am Justin right now. You know what I mean? In this life, that is who I am. So just to give that up, in this higher thought of, well, I'm not really Justin. I'm just Justin this time. Those are concepts I can, I, I, I'm, I can start to grasp, but who would I really be in that moment? I don't think I would lay down. But if honestly. there is no other time, like remember how you said the past and the future are an illusion, there's only now? Well, now you're Justin, bro. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. If, if you, you know, I can't argue with you wanting to take the standpoint of spiritual love. But I hope you fight back <laughs> and I hope you never have to. Right. And I don't even, that's the thing is like heaven on earth. If there was truly heaven on earth, we wouldn't have an earth because we would just be the oneness of God again. We, we would never even have, we wouldn't see ourselves anymore, you know? But that doesn't mean that I'm arguing that it's not something to aspire to. And it, like for me or for us, I just don't think we'll ever arrive, mm -hmm. but maybe we could get closer on the scale, you know, or maybe a meteor hit in 150 years and wipe everyone out. And then millions of years will go by before a single cell amoeba starts to, who knows? But the point is, is whatever is happening out there, I can't control. I can't even control what's happening here. But what I can do is try to have the best life I can have, have the biggest impact, love as much as I can, you know, move a step higher on that spiral staircase to consciousness, um, have amazing adventures, have amazing experiences, um, and ultimately change my frequency you know, so that I can be attracted to and attract uh, the life that I want to live. Right. And that's who you know that you are. Right. And it's like, what's cool about this life is the experiences will show you who you really are. Right. In thought, in theory, that's who you are in Q. But when the experiences come to you, who will you really be? That's true. That's 100% right? true. And I feel like you're on I the path. Change. Yeah. Well, I, and I feel like you're on the path, man. Like everything you just said, I feel like that's like who you are and what you're doing. So it's beautiful that you get to proclaim who you are through your experiences. Because I'm a firm believer too. And like, who gives a shit about what we believe in? And I thought forever, it, it, it only mattered what we believe in, but like, who cares what you believe in? Who are you? Like I could believe in love and kindness and empathy. That's great. That's my belief. But who am I in the experience? Right. Right. It's like, I feel like we should stop asking each other. And it's just so simple and easy. And I get it. And I've asked people this my entire life. It's like, well, what do you believe in? And it's like, maybe we should change it, I think, instead of what do you believe in into who are you? How do you show up every single day? Because that's like the thing that really 
really matters. It's hard to answer who are you. It's easier to answer it, what do you believe in because then is. you can go, well, what do I believe in? You know, even easier is what do you like? Yeah. Well, that's easy. I, I like this. What do you believe in? I got to think about it. What do I believe in? But who are you? <laughs> right? So like, can we ask each NQ, who are you? Who do you think that you, who are you? Um, I know it's, I know it's hard, but like, yeah, I mean, I, there, the societally, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a friend, I'm a poet, I'm a songwriter, I'm a man, I'm a human. Um, but who am I? I'm just some dude talking to you right now over <laughs> fucking Zoom. I have no idea who's listening to this, what time they're going to listen to this in. You know, it's just uh, the world is such a fucking fun roller coaster ride if you just yeah. let go of the bar. Mm -hmm. Well, who are you? So, it's like who it's like I know who I want to be, but who am I really though? That's the same idea. I know who I want to be. That's my belief. But like, who am I? I who am I? I am. I know that I'm. I'm love. I know that I'm compassion and empathy, and I know that I'm kindness. I know that's who I am. But with that too, I'm like. I know that's who I am. Who will I show up in the experience? And this is like helping me right now. Like in life today, I know that I'm kindness, but who, who am I going to be that when the opportunity arises? Like I know that I'm love. Am I going to be love when a person is an asshole to me and really rude to me or really unkind and nasty to me? I, I'm, I, you know, who I am somebody who cares deeply about others. I'm somebody who wants people to be happy. I'm somebody who wants to take care of my wife and, and let her feel as safe and secure and comfortable and as loved as possible. Um, I'm somebody who wants to be a good, a good son in, in, in a, not in the generic way, in a good son where I'm there for my parents and they know without a doubt how much I love them and how grateful I am for all that they've given me. And um, whenever I think about that question, I just, I always pull back to like, who am I? Like I'm love and wanting and desiring to be love in every single moment and choosing love always. And I don't do it always, but I, I you know, I think just with that idea of myself and knowing the truth of who I am, that helps me it helps me be love in more situations now than I ever was before. Mm. Keep uh, loving into loving is the only thing that's left. <laughs> yes. That's why when I saw that, man, that resonated, that connected with me so much. Wow. This has been, yeah, thank you. Uh, this has been incredible. Uh, so right before we wrap up, I, I will ask you the question that I just ask everybody. Okay. And, so my goal in life, my 
purpose is to help shift the collective consciousness, like honestly, to this place of heaven, to help shift it, the collective consciousness to a place that is more loving and kind and peaceful and empathetic and understanding and accepting of each other um, and a consciousness that is more one. Um, so the, the question is, what do you feel like you do every day or most days uh, that helps aiding in this beautiful shift of consciousness? I write my poetry and I have this book called Inquire Within. And um, it was medicine for me to write. It's been medicine for people to read and to listen to on audiobook. And um, I believe that it's a small uh, push in the right direction on the spiral staircase. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll do a poem from it. If you Please, want to I would love to. I would love that. Yeah. Learned fear. <clears throat> Hold on. I got a little froggy in my throat. Don't cut that out, though. Keep that in. Will do. Because it's, it's a part of the whole thing. Yes. <clears throat> Learned fear can be overcome when you realize the voice inside your head is not yours. It's an imitation of the voices from before, repeating on a loop inside your quiet core, receiving since your youth when your choices weren't even yours. Perceiving was the proof, but reality has many doors. So why are we still fighting other people's wars? Learned fear can be overcome when you realize the voice inside your head is not yours. It's an imitation of the voices from before, repeating, repeating, repeating on a loop inside your quiet core. And you can't tell the difference because it sounds the same. But trust me when I tell you, most of what you think is from somebody else's brain. They have us trained, shackled by imaginary chains. Imaginary rules for imaginary games, but they don't know the reasons either. So where should we place the blame? And who is they anyway when we're all the same? Our parents had parents and their parents had parents. Apparently it hurts to see, so I'll be transparent. The world is so much bigger than your insecurities. And they don't speak on your behalf without your soul's authority. The world is so much bigger than your culture or community, and they don't speak on your behalf without your soul's authority. Because if it's all a story, then nobody else can tell it for me. Since I'm always transforming, I defy a category when you do the same thing the same way. It's habit forming, but nothing in this land of woman and man is mandatory. It's all just transitory. Our world's a laboratory experimenting on today can change change tomorrow morning. And since matter is mostly empty space, we're in a sea of consciousness where the boundaries get erased. So I stared at my reflection until I couldn't see my face. Then I picked myself and put the flowers in an empty vase. If you came for validation, then you're in the wrong place. The only certain satisfaction is becoming what you've chased. And there's no running from the inner voice. So it's important that you choose, but it's more important that you know you have a choice choice. You have a choice. Are you living someone else's life? 
You have a voice. Does it haunt you in the dead of night? Would you fly if you weren't convinced to be afraid of heights? And who convinced you anyway? They had no fucking right. No one can dim your light. You shine within so bright that you could blind the sun from sight and scare him back into the night. No one can dim your light. I said it twice because you're greater than the circumstances that surround your perfect life. You're not your nature or your nurture. You're a prototype. And if you hone it right, eventually you'll hack your satellite. See, at first it's nothing. The nothing turns into a whisper. Turn the dial and it gets crisper in your transistor. Wait a while and the whisper turns into a scream. It overwhelms your system and you won't know what it means, but pump the volume up and it can tell you all your dreams till pretty soon it's the only voice you'll ever need. Now all you have to do is listen when you want to lead. Your fear disintegrates when you decide to stop and breathe. It's your authentic voice. No matter where you go, it never leaves. And that's God, no matter what religion you believe. Thank you. Oh, wow. Dude, you're so brilliant how you break it down. I feel like in just in, there's like a simplicity there, but then there's also so much to it. You know what I mean? It's like easy to follow, but just packed with so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being who you truly are, um, being in flow and following your truth and letting your light shine. Cause you Thank do. You, of course, man. It is such a gift to this world. So for real, man, thank you for being you. I appreciate of course. It. Thank you for having me, Justin. Yes. Thank you everybody for listening and uh, go get Inquire Within. Yes. And really uh, great book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at all the uh, retailers or you can just go on audiobook and I can read my poetry to you. It's on audiobook too? Oh yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. All right, I'm going to grab that as soon as we hop off. If you can just let people know too where they can find you on social media, if you have any website, um, any other books or just anything that you want to just leave people with so that they can find you. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing is Inquire Within because I have another book that I want to create right now. So I just need to sell a few more copies of this one and then I'll... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we sold like 20,000 of these, but we got to, uh, we got to sell a few more for me to get my next, uh, deal. And I have all these new poems that I want to share with the world. So you're actually doing a service to me if you buy inquire within hopefully for yourself and then, uh, for the next book that's, uh, that's percolating. And then I have the Amazon special that's, um, that's up on prime and really, really excited and yeah. happy about that partnership. Um, it's a show that we did at the Ace Theater that we sold out 1,700 seats. And so it's a, a real experience of seeing me live without seeing me live. And then you can just follow me on social media. Um, I'm at uh, NQ Life, or you can go to my website and sign up on my email list. And then you'll hear about my workshops and my live shows and whatever else I have going. 
Beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Check out MQ, everybody. All those things. I'm going to put those in the description uh, of the episode as well with a direct link where you can go uh, and find all that stuff. Buddy, thank you so much for being here and shining your light and showing up. This has been, uh, I mean, I say it a lot, but this has literally been one of my favorite conversations. This was really eye-opening, uh, really brilliant. And uh, we went we went super deep and I, um, I just, I love conversations like this. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you, man. Thank you for hosting. You got it. Love you guys so much. We'll see you next time.